The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Three friendly pencils. These are cool. Uh, hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. Our guest Charlie Clausen, as you will know, if you've uh, listened to these in the correct order, uh, this is a three-part trilogy. Uh, so well, I a guess that's what a, I guess that's what a a willogy. A willogy. It's a willogy. Uh, Andy Peters is, I guess, Charlie. Hey. Hello, welcome back. I and called it in the elevator. I called it a, uh, a a bundle a bundle pack. It's like a bundle pack. Yeah, it's it's like you know, it's just something different. Yeah. Just a bit of fun. Uh, but you were talking about my pencils. I bought these. Uh, Amy's been here and she's been helping uh, decorate the house. So now yeah. it looks like you know, it looks homier in here. Yeah, it looks like someone actually lives here, yeah. as opposed to what I was. But I bought these the other day because I just love pencils and pens. And these are eight tree friendly pencils, so they're made uh, um, out of uh, you know, I don't know why they're tree friendly. No, actually. see, that's what my question was. Seems, How do you make a tree friendly okay, pencil? Let's, that seems let's impossible. Find out. I haven't. I've not actually read about it. The thing that I is loved it about fake? them is it fake, not wood. The thing that I loved about them is that this is their sharpener, just there on the bottom. This like strip there, so you can just sharpen your little pencils there on the. It's strip. always the idea of matches, but applied to a pencil. Okay, so save the trees! Exclamation mark. We need them! Exclamation mark. Every time you stop in- yelling at me, <laughs> pencil package. Yeah, pencil package. <laughs> I mean, you're coming on a bit too <laughs> strong right at the gate. I just started reading you, and you're the screaming at me. Right for smash. Save the Smash it magazine. The really uh, angry man started a pencil company. Uh, every time you remove a tree-friendly pencil from the pack, you will be reminded of the deforestation that occurs for the things we take for granted. Wow. Ooh. That's okay. a strong pack of pencils. Wow. But I still want to know, how do you make a pencil without a tree? The, so, the, the angry oh, man didn't go into that. I see what happens. See, when you take... So the pencils look like trees, right? Mm-hmm. And they're in this little package. And so you've got the kind of forest in the background. So when you remove one of the pencils, you see the deforestation underneath. And you get the... Impre- oh, that's what's happening to so our So you're reminded planet. of deforestation yeah. while participating in deforestation. Is that I mean, you just, you're just reminded of the consequences of the <laughs> actions you're performing. I think that's fine. That's good. It's good for us to but be... But it's still a pencil made out of wood. It's still a pencil made out of wood. It's a very passive, aggressive, aggressive yeah. pencil. Yeah, the guy was really aggressive. <laughs> the guy's really aggressive about trees, and then he made a pencil out of trees. And then he said, hey, deforestation happens. And, well, but it is... A, these are pencils, so trees were involved. He's just one of those guys who has really conflicting hey! emotions about trees. <laughs> Like, sometimes he's like, I really love trees. And then he's like, fuck you, trees. Yeah. It's almost how I feel about zoos. I love going right. to a zoo. Love going to a zoo. It's- I like seeing animals. That is the equipment. That's a zoo of a deforestation message. Because you go to zoos and they're like, hey, love the animals. We're doing good stuff for the animals. But a part of my brain is always like, but they're still in a glass in a case. I absolutely understand what you mean. Uh, we were in Hawaii and we wanted to swim with dolphins, but we yeah. didn't want to like 
you know, we you know, we saw the Sea World movie. We understand, you know, yeah. we we don't want to be, be be doing anything that like. There's part of it's like, well, should you even be swimming with dolphins? Like, as a human being, is that something? Or should that's- you even be going to aquariums? Like, right. I love aquariums, and I love. I'll do a lot of uh, just in the wild whale watching now. That's how you get around that. So we did a lot of research and tried to find a place that like all the dolphins had been raised in captivity. So that was their only life, and they were they'd lived like long lives. And we went and swam with them, and because we love animals, yeah. Um, you know, it inspires us to love animals more. But I've got to be honest with you. I didn't mind that we had conflicting emotions about it. I, I don't mind having an experience like that and going, okay, I, I'm going to enjoy this for this. And like, I'll, I'll, you know, and I'll challenge myself on this other aspect of it. I don't think there's actually any problem with that. I think where we get in trouble in the world is where we think things have to be all one or the other. And then right. so you just I- ignore the moral conflicts that come with the thing that you say, so this is what these pencils are. They tell you, yes. You like pencils. It's a reminder while participating. But remember that your love of pen- pencils has meant that the, the forests aren't going to be there. So have a think about that. I mean, has a box of pencils ever made you think as much as this box of pencils has? No, but no. I want to know. I want to know a lot more. Sorry. Is there more? Is there any more information on I the feel back like of it? There was. Let's just see if out. there's more. Well, it's in Spanish. The rest of the information oh. is in Spanish. <laughs> but here we go anyway. Suaves los abrisi, jos. And Avon's, bas- this is my Spanish, Jacques, Jacques- well, it's French, first of all. <laughs> I, had go- I had to go down to Spanish. Salvamos los arabolas. She's still yelling. That's save the trees in Spanish. Salvamos los arabolas. Los necesitamos. We need them. That's my I Spanish. think that that creaking is my front door. That That's opening and closing? I'm scared because in the previous episode with Sam, we were talking about ghosts and how there's dead people just in the air everywhere. Is that a ghost? It was the front door open. Just opening and closing? Did Sam forget to close it? Well, one of us did. Or is it a ghost? Sam or I. Uh, Do you ever watch ghost stories? Like, uh, Amy likes the celebrity ghost stories or the paranormal ghost stories, those sort of things. I I do watch a lot of ghost-related, like, horror movies, but that's... Or, like, you're talking, like, real-life paranormal hunters. Right. Where their equipment is just, like, car parts. (laughs) my favorite thing about them is the the reenactors the people who are the reenactors for the scenes because they like the people are kind of like ordinary looking people and then they get these like beautiful young hollywood actors like to play them so everyone gets like a much better version of themselves (laughs) it's actually quite nice i like those with uh i i I, a show that they do that with is the uh like my life was almost over shows have you watched any of those oh no that's like this a reenactment of like uh, scuba divers that got stranded and they were just like in the middle of the ocean and people had to like save their life and they'll do and they'll interview the real people that were just like uh, kind of schlubby looking and then it would cut to these like beautiful reenactors <laughs> bouncing in the middle of the ocean and it's so much more dramatic like the right. real story is like, like yeah we were in the ocean for half a day and then we got picked up and then the producer's like okay well, that ain't gonna no, work no. day 17 day 17 <laughs> can we say day 17 and I love that they like, and you know, I actually used to look like that, but the, I got the bends. This is the <laughs> result of the bends. I used to actually look like my reenactor. Do you think they do that? Like, I used to actually look like my reenactor. Reenactor envy? I would actually replace all my childhood photos with photos of my reenactor. <laughs> That's what, that would be my past now. I want a reenactor with a full, I would put in like an email request if I ever had a situation like that. Choose your own reenactor. Choose your own reenactor. Yeah. Who would you uh, I like to have reenact for you? 
Do you just have like someone? a real like oh, full me, head of hair. I'm, I'm talking two, like criteria. Yeah, give me two options. So, firstly, you make the the, the made for TV special, which is the the version that where they just get some young actor and you can cast them, right? But then, yeah. give me the version also when it gets made into a major Hollywood picture. Who plays you in this thing? Okay, so, so the main actor would just be like a young gun with like a full head of hair, right. and then I'd get like, oh man, in the film. Which which this situation hasn't even happened yet. Like I haven't had like a like a life situation where I was like, that's a movie. Right. So even though I'm because I'm bald now, even though this is happening as a bald man to future me, I'm gonna cast for the reenactment yeah. full head of hair. Yeah. Young like like your hair do. Yeah. And again, it'll be that sort of thing where you're just like, just that's how that's when the hair went. Like the hair went because of the trauma of the accident. But then I would still do like a Jason Statham for the movie because I'd still want to up it. We'll go back to like cool bald for the movie because then I'll just by then maybe want to embrace it. How about uh, Statham in a wig early on and then... (laughs) That's what we'll do. Then go like, yeah. I feel like I just actually watched him in the movie where I was like, okay, this wig isn't doing so great. Or I saw a bald actor with clearly a wig on in something. Have you ever seen that where you're just like, come on, wig company? Or like, I, I see that a lot in American television or like straight to Netflix shows where like the tattoos don't look like real tattoos. They look like really like printed on tattoos or like the wigs are bad. On this ghost story like, thing the other night, the, the ghost had left some like marks on her leg, which were meant to be scratches. And then they did like a close up mm-hmm. and it's clear they have no budget for these shows. Come on. Don't do a close-up. Don't do... Because <laughs> it looks like a ghost don't drew do on Don't do special her effects don't. if you can't afford special effects. Just don't ignore it. Yeah. Or a bald guy can just be a bald guy. He doesn't have to be a guy with a full head of hair. Right. <laughs> but I would make, in a reenactment, I would make them struggle with that. Like, no, you get like a full head of hair guy. Which, um, tell me this, uh, what, what do you think this scenario will be? If you could like, you know, look forward into the future, what sort of you think like scenario might you possibly with your current lifestyle get involved in that would end up in one of these sort of stories? Like an oven incident? An maybe. Oven like- incident. <laughs> okay. I do like, that's all I do. I like stay at home, I hang out and I try recipes. So if, if anything dastardly would happen it'd be like an oven explosion no not it's not an explosion or like an it's accidental a man who gets stuck in his own oven <laughs> for you're days. the guy who gets stuck in his own oven for yeah. days and you survive on the food you were preparing yeah so the like weekend my wife leaves for like right. an event out of town and through a series of mis- unfortunate events and it's fall- still the weekend but in the reenactment was to like day 14 <laughs> kitchen interior Jason Statham locked in an oven in a figure four leg lock by an oven. You could do this, right? So the guy, you set that up early that the guy like does martial arts. Yeah. You may even see him doing some sort of Tai Chi where he like yeah. curls up his body. But then it cuts to really me Yoga going. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it cuts to really me being like, well, I've never made a quiche before. So right. I didn't know. <laughs> you had to preset the oven. I didn't know you had to preset the oven. And so I was presetting the oven because, you know. I don't use the oven a lot. I've, again, never made a quiche. Is there anything? Is your floor slippery? Is your would your oven? It fit? can get yeah. slippery. And uh, so, okay, good. <laughs> I think that's just a general statement about floors. You can say that about any floor. This floor, heads up. This floor yeah. can get slippery. Yeah, but it's got a rug on it as if well. If I do something to make this floor slippery, right? But it'd take a lot to make the rug slippery. I guess you're not going to have a rug in your kitchen. I don't know what kitchen know I'm imagining. Of, I don't, know, I don't know how I imagine you live, but you may live some. And this is the kitchen, kitchen fully carpeted. <laughs> like you asked for in the specs. You, for some reason, send in fully carpeted kitchen. Uh, carpeted kitchen. Carpeted oh, okay. Kitchen. Well, I'm going right. to check that place out. It's a new concept. <laughs> 
flammable plastic. Andy Peters is doing well. You know, he's got a carpeted kitchen. (laughs) Whole thing, carpeted. Just, that's what I want. It's still my apartment, but one luxurious room. Right. But that's just nonsensical. Once I start making money, like, I'm going to do that. Just like, have you been in the uh, bouncy room? I turned the right. I turned been, the guest room into a a moon like a moon. Has Andy Peters ever uh, cooked for you? Because you know he replaces the carpet in his kitchen every second week. <laughs> different, different floor stuff. Notice how I'm not slipping while I go get your drinks. <laughs> Carpeted kitchen. Uh, so okay, so it's it's a floor that could become slippery. Do you do anything that could make it slippery? Like what what would be the most likely scenario? Uh, for me for example, this kitchen floor that which would get very I have an ice making machine in mm-hmm. the fridge. Sometimes oh. the ice comes out too much and it'll fall that would be the I'm making myself a beverage of some kind to cook with. I, you know, I. I but you do ice- that really dramatic, like the when you'd click on the ice cubes in the ice machine, it'd be shotgun noises. We'll right. replace it like <laughs> when you get ice in the reenactment. Right. <laughs> and slow motion. One ice cube. Slow and mo- shot from the ice's perspective. <laughs> yeah, fish eye from the bottom of the glass. Fish eye from the bottom of the glass. Just that's, cut it all together. That's in the Jason Statham version. Right, yeah, in the movie. His that's point right. of view and then fish eye yeah. through the bottom of the glass. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the point of view of the ice. We get three... Three different versions, and then and then another shotgun noise when you do the close up. Right, <laughs> the close up to the fish eye is an additional shock. But then you also see the bit of ice that falls yeah. to the ground. The- Me, my situation would be like I I nudge my dog's uh, water bowl a, a lot. Perfect throughout my perfect, day. And by I'm the way, nudging. a dog is very good for this. Oh yeah, yeah. So what sort of dog do you have? It's a little terrier mix, right. so it's like a so medium what, size. What dog is that going to be in the reenactment, and what dog is that going to be? It'll be like a Saint Bernard, like yep. a really badass wolf dog. <laughs> It'll be like a, a dire wolf in the Jason Statham movie that never leaves his side. <laughs> and, and, then <laughs> cut, and then cut to me in real life trying to wrangle just like <laughs> a dog in my lab. That's like, anyway, back to <laughs> trying not to show what my really dog looks like. Down, but sit, sit, lay on the ground. Lay down, lay down, lay down. Don't go into the shot. Okay, well, I have a terrier. <laughs> that's, that, that's that whole... The, the terrier's out of the back. segment. And then I you cut back. To, they come back to you and you just trying to get your just dog down. To, and then my wolf came into the kitchen and then just trying to keep a terrier down. And then the, so they would have to change it for the reenactment. Like later in the reenactment, it would be changed to just like a, ter- <laughs> a tiny terrier. I'd be like, no, it, it was a wolf. Uh, so yeah, that's beautiful. So you've got the dog. Yeah. The dog's there. And this is another tale of survival, how the dog has, you know, got through this period of time. All you had was you and your dog while you've been locked in this oven. So you And slip- again, well, his water, I mean, he's surviving yeah. too because I knocked his water out of his water bowl. Right. So he's thirsty. Right. So, we tell, so he also gets his own spin-off show where he tells his side of the story. <laughs> also gets Jason Satham to play him in the movie. A dog version of Reenact. Yeah. And then it's just a beautiful, like, Norwegian elk hound husky <laughs> dog. In the film, and but he's but my tiny terriers being interviewed. Uh, okay, so you get locked in the oven for a, yeah, a period of time, and then yeah, you become like a months. celebrity. That's your your oven guy from then on. That's your like fame. Say that I'm the happened. next like the next balloon boy. Right. So I, yeah, so I hit the news. You know me now as just me, Andy right. Peters, comedian. Next time I'm on, the, I'm on the podcast, how do you handle the fact that I'm now Andy Peters, the oven man? Well, I well, firstly, I'd be like Andy. <laughs> 
Because now I'm like a celebrity caliber. This has all been like, we like ramble. We're buddies who right. ramble. Now you got... You're coming back as a different guy. I'm a whole different man. Right. You're oven man. <laughs> I'm oven man. Yeah. You're a national celebrity. I had an oven incident. I'm on the cover of every tabloid. Right. They do that thing in the movie where they show like Jimmy Fallon making jokes about it. They'd show yeah. like, you know, they always do newspaper, the montage of newspapers like... Newspapers pile up in a newspaper pile up graphic. Right. <laughs> oven man. <laughs> Well, they'll cut to this scene where you're laughing like that, like you're doing right now. <laughs> and I'll be like, that's, that's right, Will. I was in an oven. <laughs> and we'll do that. You'll be part of the celebrity montage of when I become famous. I'll play myself. <laughs> yeah, you'll just play yeah. yourself. In both versions. <laughs> so, I mean, you got an upcoming credit. Yeah, so. no, this is fantastic for me. <laughs> this is working out good for you, too. I, I get my own spinoff. I mean, to be honest, it was a huge boon in my career when Andy got locked in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Oven, bo- oven Man the musical? I mean, and the merchandising opportunities. It's oven endless. Man Oven Mitts. You know <laughs> oven I mean? Man like, Ovens? You get your own s- cooking show for well, a start. Well, there would be laws passed to make ovens more safe. The so oven I would man be like, law. I'd the be ahead of like, law. I'd be like, that'd be the future once a celebrity right. wears off. You got to figure out what you're going to do. I'd probably be right. like the spokesman for Big Oven. Oh, uh, you'd. I'd be like. Ah, uh, you'd flip. You get paid off by Big Oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Big Oven would come at me. Right. Be like, you got to cut out. You're making us look bad. Dude, yeah. Kenmore is like, like Kenmore would probably come at me. You'd probably General get a, like, there'd probably be an offer for a big payout even earlier when they found out about it. Like the oven company. And that's come. the controversy is when I have to come back and be like, you know what, guys? I wasn't actually in the, uh, I wasn't actually stuck in the oven. Uh, I, I just, look, yeah, that's right. It turns out it was my fault completely. If turns I just, out I was never in that oven. <laughs> <laughs> turns out I never did any of that. Uh, buy an oven. <laughs> a, general, a general oven table. You start hearing radio ads just by like the oven council. Uh, tell me this, because uh, yeah. this gets us on to an interesting thing. Did you see the story um, this week that Jared, the spokesperson yes. for the brand... Uh, and who knows what you know, what this is about, but they've investigated his house for like child pornography, essentially. Yeah. Well, one guy, wasn't there like... A, a, and then they didn't they say like he ran in college like a porno rental service? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What totally. is that? What's the process? How do you find out who's running your local porn? Now you just turn on the internet. Well, these days, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, he was just like, I mean, that's just an artisanal, you know, porn hub. That's basically what, that, what Jared's, what, what he's put together. That's what's going to be the future of shopping is like shops are going to be like artisanal versions of websites or like anything. Because I often wonder like, oh, there's a, there's still a, you'll pass like a vacuum store and be right. like, there's still vacuum stores? Right. Like I, when, if I want a vacuum, I go on Amazon with one of my Amazon birthday gift cards that I haven't used yet and I buy a vacuum like an adult. I'm, I'm not going to the neighborhood just vacuum store. It was interesting. Amy was asking me the other day about uh, um, betting. Like, you know, uh, yeah. like and, Amazon. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I just went on the internet. Yeah. It's like I don't even know where the shop would be. But, yeah, there's betting shops yeah. and betting stores. So in the future, now that would be the artisanal way of doing it. Like it'll be like a website. It'll yep. just be like a store. Shops are, yeah, but just a real life versions of, of websites. Hello. We'll stop for a second. Where do you think that um, things will go bad for Oven Man? Because they will. <laughs> Wait. That's exactly what we were talking the about. Fall of oh, yeah, o- Oven Man. The fall of Oven Man, like, is what I want to talk about. You know, because that's the, what I'm saying is when he yeah. when he teams. Yeah, but there's going to be like, also a scandal. There's always a scandal. That Jared likes scandal. There's going to be a skeleton in an Oven Man's closet that will come out. 
What's the skeleton in your closet? <sighs> Probably tweets that I've tweeted. Oh yeah, okay. I feel like so that's you're a gonna thing get now. the Trevor Noah thing. You're gonna get, you're the, you're Trevor... gonna get the Amy Schumer. Thing. But once you get that happens, like once you get famous, you get that treatment. Now we can like rake through people's past of like, but past in the sense of like ideas they had in the past or just like even half baked things that maybe they shouldn't have tweeted. That'll be like the downfall of every future celebrity, don't you think? It's interesting to me, and I guess this is something that you know everyone's gonna have to deal with these days. So it'll, it'll be like. It'll be like a tweet that I was like, man, I hope tomorrow I don't get stuck in an oven. And then people will be like, oh, you knew about the oven incident oh, a day before the oven incident. Oh, here we incident. go. The whole thing's fake. He tweeted about it a right. day before. And then there'll be a lot of birthers who don't of- believe your story. <laughs> yeah. And there'll be a lot of other people who think that you've actually got psychic powers or something like that. Uh, I think that that tweeting thing is interesting. It's an interesting concept because I... I think that firstly we – and it's the same with politicians and all those sort of things. This person said this, you know, in 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay, it gives us a little indication to what they might believe. But I think the more important thing is what do they believe now? Because many people, you know, go on journeys with those things and that's part of the working it out process. And yeah. I think sometimes that we shouldn't erase that from our history. Like because there's part of me that like when that Trevor Noah shit went down was like, should I go through my tweets and just like make sure there's nothing there that would come back to haunt me that like – But that's just an evolution of like your humor. Like he just became a better comedian and they raked up like – old maybe like half-baked trying to be edgy race-related jokes or like women i think it was his was like women related like very sex he came off very sexist yeah but they were like tweets from when he was like a 17 year old comedian like he's a really young comedian and he so he's just now getting like he's entering adulthood and now he's a young adult comedian and but they're making it seem like that's what he thinks now like oh yeah i think people will be afraid to say things if you are haunted by the idea that the things you say may live with you forever we'll get scared to be stuck in ovens and be the next at the same time i also think that it's fine to be called on shit so that we learn to evolve and be better at what we do i don't think free speech comes without responsibilities but I just think it's an ongoing discussion and a debate that we push forward and push back and, you know, we kind of work yeah. out how to go forward. I'm just worried that mine were just going to make me look really dumb. <laughs> like they're going to – I'll just – I don't check my old tweets or right. like I fire them off like real rapid fire. Like mine are very half-baked. Not a lot are good. I'll get a sprinkle of favorites. And then maybe I'll erase some there. like, what, what was that? Like, I really like the other man who his <laughs> tweets. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, other man's Well, I'll tell you what, he was fully baked, but his tweets are half baked. Am I right, guys? High fives, <laughs> friends he has that all hate other men. Uh, it's that kind like, of, it is that kind of You guys are right, other <laughs> man is a dick. I was stupid to have followed him for so long. And then burns his and then oven man tw- merchandise. <laughs> Ironically, sells his oven man oven. <laughs> sells it, so only uses a microwave to cook for the rest of his yeah. life. People are giving away their oven man ovens yeah. on eBay on, yeah. <laughs> on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, but that no, as a comedian, that is my only fear of like, like I'll I'll evo- like I'll just keep trying and be like a you know have like a lot of things like you know like specials just came out and stuff like that where you know you're starting to mount this like professional career but when i was like a not professional comedian i don't just i i'm worried about like my bad jokes coming to light and having to be like no 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 i was just like a shitty comedian when yeah. i was 19 i just wasn't very good <laughs> i just didn't know how to write a joke i just wanted to be funny i thought that would be funny i, was, I recognized that i was terrible <laughs> yeah I know better than you. I was experimenting with structure, right. and I didn't quite understand what punchlines. I'm a prof- 
professional in the comedy industry. I have levels of insight I can bring to how terrible I am that you haven't even discovered yet. Yeah, like, so let's not even you, talk about it. You just that. have an instinctive reaction to me being terrible. I can actually point out on a technical basis. <laughs> yeah, right. And I have inside knowledge too. That's not even really my joke. <laughs> I mean, it's my joke, but it, structurally, it's a complete is, rewrite of a yeah. guy that I liked. This will be the first episode of my TV show. If I get like a TV show, it'll just have. I'll just assume you're gonna like rake me over the coals for my tweets. So I'll pre-tape a whole episode where I'm like, listen. What? By now, my tweets have come to light, <laughs> and I know that eighty percent of them are about the film Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters, <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest are about. Getting lost in grocery stores. The new Ghostbusters films are coming out. This is a perfect opportunity for other men. Like if it hits at the right time, that could be a perfect, uh, like one of those celebrity kind of funny in jokes. Like they have to go well. deal with an oven man like situation. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking cameo by oven man. Like at some stage uh, you are in, like a ghost puts you back in the oven or something. The ghost of oven man. <laughs> And it like takes off, and then there's like an Oven Man animated series, and then I go on an Oven Man book tour. <laughs> I need something like this, Will. I think the to oven, have. I I've mean, been. Uh, that's what I'm waiting in town. I'm waiting in LA for something Oven Man caliber to happen to me, and and then I'll be famous, and that's it. That's right. what you do, right? And then what are you going to do with the fame, though? That's the thing. Like, what do you actually like? What do you spend the money on? What's other man? Do you have a message? Is there like, or is it just about you know just raking in the dollars while you can? Like, is there certain shows that you won't do? Like, will you have standards? Like, will other man be like, I'm not. I don't want to be treated as a joke. I only want to talk seriously. Like, what's what's yeah. other man's perspective? Maybe I'll take to like this a immediate like, fame. The first couple of years would be like real. The serious. phone's ringing off the hook. This yeah. is like the other man things happened. You're all over the newspapers. You you become a national celebrity you like literally your agent can't stop taking calls right well, first we'll probably do just a just oven cooking show just right. called just ovens just ovens <laughs> where you get only a, ovens only ovens yep. and you get an impossible time limit to make something in an oven like you have to make a souffle oh, in right. seven minutes okay. and the contestants are just like that's not any you can't do that I can't make a batter for the souffle in seven minutes. I'm just like, figure it out, just ovens. And then I do a real, real dramatic close up while they're still like, I can't, you can't make a souffle in seven minutes. I got preheating the oven's gonna take ni 19 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but that's just on camera. And I'm just like, just ovens, make it. And I get really. And then just screaming because you've actually got post traumatic the whole stress episode, yeah. and nobody really knows it. So. Oh, they, I'll become one of those like anger based celebrities. Yeah, right. like a Gordon yeah, like Ramsay. Like a Gordon Ramsay. This is perfect. The angry oven man. Like the oven incident yeah. snapped me and then they just uh, put me in front of camera. Right, people find it compelling. Yeah, and then I just lose it about ovens for a good like five years on different oven-based shows. Right, it was like an interview, a late-night interview show, just getting down to the bottom of the oven industry, where it's very professional oven. Like I'm the uh, president of Kenmore Distribution for North America, and I'm just like, make your oven, do better with your ovens. <laughs> And the whole show is just breaking them over the coals. <laughs> My foot got stuck in your oven. And then I like that. I enjoy and the whole audience, oven guy. And the like, whole audience are other people that got like burned by ovens yeah. or like right. bounced their knee off an oven. You ever done that? Right. Approach an oven too fast and just bounce your knee off yeah. in front of an oven? That's an injury. I mean, I think there's a I think you probably once you pick off that scab, you'll be amazed at the support you have. Yeah. There'll be a there'll be a silent majority out there who really have a dysfunctional relationship with yeah. their oven at best. And that's why you will capture their hearts. And then, and then I'll start doing stand-up comedy again. Yeah. 
<laughs> but as oven man okay so here's the question this no but they'll just be like the, the, yeah they'll just pick oh no. oven man's doing stand up now because I feel like that's like and you'll be like I did stand up before <laughs> I was oven man I was a stand up this joke I wrote this joke in 2004 hey, remember those tweets you were raking me over the coals about they were from they my stand up you tweet. knew that you wrote a book and the journalism oh, just like, oh I thought you were just a regular guy who wasn't very funny you were a stand up who wasn't very funny oh that's even worse and then I have another controversy like no I was never a not funny I was never a stand up who wasn't that funny uh, no I want to know because here's a, an example I'll, I'll talk to you about uh, on Wednesday night I was doing the Meltdown show there yeah. at the Nerd Melt Theatre and uh, Tom Wilson uh, who played uh, Biff in Back to the Future oh yeah he Tom does Wilson, uh, guitar Tom, comedy yeah Tom Wilson yeah. Tom Wilson and uh as someone who grew up watching that movie, and it's the 30th anniversary of them making uh, Back to the Future, and he was there. I sing- saw it at the Hollywood Bowl with a live orchestra oh, right. playing the score. I was there. I saw, and okay. the DeLorean was there. Then you could take pictures of the DeLorean. I was there, baby. So I took a picture with uh, Biff backstage. I wouldn't ordinarily take a picture, yeah. but I'm going to take that picture. And if I ever start fading from that picture, I'll know that something's <laughs> going wrong in the timeline. But no, I just loved it. But the thing was, I thought about his act and he did a song about Back to the Future. And I was like, yeah. I wonder if once you become other man, will you always have to do other man related material? Or will there be a point where you can leave the other man shit behind and you can move on to like, you know, just talking about the stuff you were talking about before other man? I used to Is open... it so big that it destroys everything else you want to talk about? Right. And that's, I used to open, this reminds me, I used to open for Jimmy J.J. Walker who was, was known as the dynamite guy. Yeah. And his headshot, like his promotional stuff, he's holding sticks of dynamite. Right. And he's Jimmy Dynamite, J.J. Walker. You know him as the right. dynamite guy. But when, you do, when he does his stand-up, like, at, like while he's on stage and afterwards, he will not say dynamite or do any of the dynamite oh. stuff. Strong, hard, and rule. People will come at, after the show. I've seen people be like, uh, dynamite, say it. Like actually trying to get him to say dynamite the way he'd say dynamite. No, he wouldn't do it. Oh, so so you um, could be like Andy Oven Man Peters, so people but are like, not bring it up. Hey, Andy, I brought an oven. Get put your foot in this oven. I'd be like, no, I don't do that anymore. I don't do. I know. <laughs> I used to be Oven Man. I'm now a. Serious... But it's still in the poster. Come on, put your foot in this oven. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. And all my fans bring whole ovens to my stand-up shows, and I'm just like, God, would people quit bringing ovens to my stand-up shows? I'm not Oven Man anymore. Right, and you're really angry about it, despite the fact that when you did your big Oven Man HBO yeah. special, you literally walked out of an oven. <laughs> yeah, had them, like, and my headshot is me <laughs> as an oven, and I'm just like, I'm not going to talk. tell the oven story. <laughs> I nudged my dog's water bowl, and the whole crowd, yeah, here it comes! I nudged my dog's water bowl and I slipped on the water. <laughs> then what happened, Andy? <laughs> I got stuck in an oven. Yeah! Get in this oven! Do I'm- day 40! <laughs> Do day 40! Day 40, I'm still in this oven. <laughs> yeah! All I can hope for at this point in my career is that I have an oven man career. But that, yeah, but then you, ha- then you reach that level of that type of career where you're like, do I not? Because I found that really interesting. There's a lot of guys that are in that caliber, like right. Jimmy J.J. Walker, can't, won't do dynamite, can't do it, won't do it, just wants to do stand-up and won't say right. any of those things. What another example? Yeah, Biff, I mean, I, he must get it all the time. Like, he must get asked to say, hello, McFly, all the time. All the time. Make like a tree and go away. Yeah, make, make like a tree and get out of here. Right, that's, that's what people want. Or, yeah, hello, McFly, is anyone in there? McFly, he must get that all, people wanting to probably get, oh. like, knocked on the head by him. All That's probably time. how he became a guitar comic, just to get something in his hand so he wasn't asked to give people <laughs> noogies all the time. 
People must have been always trying to get noogies for that poor man. Come on, give me the McFly noogie. No, I, I got a guitar. I'm tuning my guitar. Right. I'm an artist. I wrote Hands a song. Are full. Hands yeah. are full. Sorry? Sorry? But he covers it. He covered his bass well by becoming guitar comic. He handles all of that with yeah. the song. Yeah, exactly. He does He does the one song. We get it out of the way. I close with it. I'm going to say up top, if you guys are good, I'll do the Back to the Future song. Boom. Now they're in anticipation. Right. I think Jimmy J.J. Walker should take that approach. If you guys are good... At, at yeah, an hour you know, and a half, I'm yeah. going to say the word dynamite. Yeah. Well, you can't even say it then, because that's you, you, the D word. The D word. You know, that's what you have to say. Okay. Or he should just fake him out a lot. Yeah. Like, take rest where he goes like, in for like a water break, and then, like, you know what? You know what this water... Or just like, make like puns. And, like, Guys, uh, you, uh, you know, you're not... Um, you're not supposed to keep uh, propane tanks <laughs> in direct sunlight, because you know what will happen. It'll be a lot like... Yeah, <clears throat> and then just not do it. Or maybe like even like going, do you know what I really like? It's like dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And then do a 20-minute chunk on <laughs> where he just lists dinosaurs. Yeah. Velociraptor, and, stegosaurus. Uh, <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> and then a 20-minute chunk on dinosaur. My uh, f- <laughs> favorite 70s TV show, you the might remember this. Again, Dynasty. You guys remember oh. Dynasty? <laughs> Dynasty. What is going on? There's a ghost coming in here and you just keep letting it come in and you shut the door behind it. It's happened twice. I'm freaking out. How is that happening? Should you, we contact your landlord? <laughs> you have a door that just keeps opening. Uh, here's what happens. Uh, <laughs> it's quite a heavy door and we also have the balcony door open. Oh. So sometimes the airflow Crosswind. through the house means that the door doesn't quite shut properly. So that's all it is. It's happened well, before. I mean, that's all I can hope for, Will, is to have some sort of oven something. So tell me this. What, <laughs> would you, what would you want to say? You suddenly have this opportunity to speak to people. You know, you have... Once I'm past the point of, like, oven safety. Yeah, yeah. Once you've, like, done the really mandatory, like, like, what do you really want to say? I like, I, non-oven related, I think. This is like when you start, like Matt Damon talks about his bottled water or George Clooney talks about his satellite that stops, you know, warlords or, you know, some, everybody has like a I know a about thing. the water thing. I know about the Matt Damon water thing. I didn't know. George Clooney, did he build a satellite? Did he put a satellite into space? George- I think I feel like I've read something about this. I worked with George Clooney once. I was a PA yeah. on a commercial, and he asked me uh, what I was listening to. I was sitting and listening to headphones at lunch, and he asked me what I was listening to, and I said the Black Keys. That was a conversation I had with George Clooney. Conversations real with life. George Clooney. <laughs> That's that, real life. Be, they'll wedge that into the movie somewhere, just so George Clooney can make a, a cameo. A real life conversation I had with George Clooney. Okay, George Clooney. Uh, what was I going to say about George Clooney? George Clooney's satellite? He shot a satellite into space to, satellite. you said, destroy terrorism. Is that what you okay, said? Okay, George Clooney, Clooney. Yeah, okay, here we go. Let's have a look at this. Um, okay. Uh, on a trip to southern Sudan in October 2010, George Clooney uh, had an idea. What if we could watch the warlords, monitor them just like the paparazzi spies, spies on Clooney? See, it's going back. He like lost his mind with paparazzi stuff, and now he's getting to like this level yeah. of like. Oh he's like, God. hey, I hated paparazzi. You know paparazzi, and you know who I also hate? Warlords. warlords. <laughs> so what if we pap the warlords? Okay, I see you're thinking. Uh, This is George Clooney quoting now. Uh, Why can't I be a guy with a 400-mile lens, a tourist taking pictures and sticking them on the internet? 
when they returned from the trip, Clooney and Prendergast, who was a guy I ignored earlier, set to turning this revolutionary idea into a reality. They secured partnerships and made a plan. That's very vague language. (laughs) (laughs) They had one conversation while stoned. They did stuff. Within a year... After they did the, all the stuff that needed doing. Within a year after the December 2010 launch date. Is this satel- true? Yeah. The Satellite Sentinel Project Satellite Sentinel Project had already documented violent attacks, large-scale displacement, and mass graves in Sudan. A year and a half later, uh, yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so he's got this... Uh, so George Clooney's becoming like a real-life Iron Man. Yeah. He's like launching satellites and shit. Right. That's next level. Like he the spy could, on warlords. He has enough money to be like a Batman esque vigilante, but with like technology, like an Iron Man. Right. I think that when he was Batman, he got inspired. Yeah. And he was ever like, you know what? If I ever get into a position where I actually could be like Batman, I'm gonna. Do and then it. he realized, like, I have more money than Bruce Wayne. I can do this. <laughs> I have more money than Tony Stark. I right. could be like, I could and launch satellite. This I, was like a test into a larger plan that I don't think George Clooney is talking about yet. But I bet if you go into a room of George Clooney's uh, piazza in Italy, mm. there's a whole, like, it's like connected strings on maps <laughs> and like plans to like launch rockets. And you just see blueprints of like planet Clooney. And he's like, don't look at that blueprint. <laughs> when you enter the room, don't like you're planning on What's building this? a planet. No, 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 no. And he just tears it off the wall. Don't look at this. And he has like all those types of plans. Like, wait a minute, there's gonna be a George Clooney themed amusement park on Planet Clooney. No, no, <laughs> get out of this room. <laughs> so every room you turn into is like, there's gonna be a space station where they just show George Clooney movies to That's- NASA astronauts. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> But that's like he could. Th- this is a test to see if he should go that crazy. I mean, I think that I would, I would, I would get on board. I think a lot of people would get I'm on supportive board. At least he's it. got a plan. Well, we're friends. He who else me. has got a plan? Uh, it doesn't. Who seem else like- could? Who else could be? Yeah, George Clooney. I mean, George be Clooney could convince us to do it if he like had been working on like you know an Earth two like a because that's what we're going to need. <laughs> Earth two or, or like a real life uh, star destroyer. Like in Star Wars, like the planet that can destroy, yeah. uh, destroy a planet. What I'm is it called? The Death Star. Yeah, a real life Death Star. A Death Star, but like, but not a Death Star. He's rebranded it. A positive Death yeah, Star. Yeah, like a George, a George Star, uh, the Clune, the Clune Star, the Clune. They the call Clune. it the Clune Star, the Clune Star, Clune Star, the fun ship, and they the fun ship. <laughs> he just spreads positivity, right, around the galaxy. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be the first person that another race sees. He's got that kind of money. Like he's going to build a ship, start a whole plan, and go the furthest into the galaxy that's anyone's ever gone. And he's going to do an interview with like, yeah, I've met another race of people. There's like an Earth Seven, and they're great. Here's a question I actually like to. <laughs> I've been pl- there nine I times. Quite a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked about it before, but I'm going to expand it out. I've always said that if uh, aliens landed in Australia and we had to send two people to meet the aliens, the two people I would send would be Hugh Jackman and Kate Blanchett. Like they're the perfect human beings. If they were like, if, of all the people in the world, they're, no, well, they're I, picking two Australians. In my head, team Australia. In my head, they've got to get two Australians together because like the aliens have landed in Australia. Well, maybe but, the, pro- but the program it, could be like two of every country. But here's what I'm about to say: okay. is like, yeah, it lands anywhere. Like, let's say America, for example. Yeah. And you need to send two people to first meet the aliens and converse with the aliens. They've asked, send us two people, a male and a female, yeah. and uh, we want to speak to them about like life on Earth and. You know, who, yeah. who do you send? George Clooney and Barack Obama. Right. 
right? <laughs> what about a woman? Our president and our handsomest actor. Right, but you got to send a woman. Oh, you got to send a woman. Okay. Oh man, but you only get two of like two. So George, Cl- I mean, sorry, President Obama, but we'll still send George. Yeah, right. You're saying, well, why Kate? Why did Kate Blanchett make the cut? Well, Kate Blanchett is a brilliant actress, actress but she's also. Um, uh, I think the most eloquent speaker in Australia, like her views on politics and, you know, the arts and stuff are spoken with such intelligence. She's a family woman. She uh, just, I think her, she's very down to earth, but she's lived this kind of really exotic lifestyle and traveled the world and has all these different influences. She's incredibly beautiful to look at. I think she would be, you'd, you'd see her as the best of people. And I think she would, you know, stick up for humans in that like engagement but she would also like be able to like see the side of the aliens and have a proper <laughs> negotiation you put a lot of thought into that i have yeah. like really have a sit down and talk right and you so, Jack so i can't just throw out an actress i'm really che- trying to think of an american that could hold their own so it's aliens and like tell us all about america yeah yeah george clooney yeah george <laughs> i'm still clooney. on george clooney yeah no clooney he's a lock He's a lock. Because you've got the handsome man. You've got a guy who struggled to get a great career. You've got a man who's both done mainstream things. He was Batman, but he's also done a lot of indie art house yeah. things. And he also buys satellites to spy on warlords. That's so I think we got to in dip there. into the other. So like Hillary Clinton. Hillary. Maybe maybe Hillary Clinton. Interesting. I don't know about that. You don't know about that choice? I don't choice? know about that. Like she, well, she's already dealing. Like she knows a lot about the world. It's true. Yeah, that's true. She's got And like how America experience. deals with the world. And it is from an American perspective. You are choosing someone to represent America's best interests, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't know. I got to think this is like a really – you've put a lot of thought into Cape Blanchett. It may not come down to you. Like, let's be honest. So <laughs> – it might come down to you for Australia. Imagine if, imagine if they're like, we've chosen our people from America. Hillary Clinton – an oven man. An oven man. Hey, I'm I mean, oven it's man. just his moment. I got caught in it. <laughs> I got stuck in an oven once. George Clooney was going to be here today, but um, that asshole's never been stuck we in We still oven. have the same agent. We did a commercial we together. The same agent. And, like, we did hang on in that commercial. I got the wrong email. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you would send anybody, and George would just take over the kind con- like, I would just be like, George, let him know. And the alien, but. You send Clooney and his wife. But my theory on all of that is the aliens don't need to have a sit down with anyone on our planet. If there's a educated and enough interstellar race yep. of other people that are even coming here, if they have enough can do spirit and enough know how, then they already know all about us and they've been watching us for centuries. Don't have you they think? though? Don't you think when we discover our first, like, we're going to be scoping out things before we just go there? That's we'll what we do with planets. We'll stumble into it like fucking idiots. Well, yes, do you think so? Yeah. Like if we do, that's why I'm thinking George Clooney might be it because he's going to be the first person to afford. Like I'm going to go to the farthest reaches right. of the galaxy and be like, oh, because he took his part in uh, the well, movie like Gravity you were too about, seriously. Like the Italian villa, villa, right? Yeah. He's always been living in this Italian villa. He's like, what if I right had now? an what Italian like- villa on Jupiter? Right. <laughs> So he like goes even out of our galaxy. Yeah, that's a good point. Stumbles into yeah. so he would find them. Is is my point? Right. Like, that's what I think. He had an agreement with the movie. You know how like Johnny Depp took points on the pirates movies and now like owns islands and stuff yeah. like that. Like in this scenario, I like to think that like George Clooney, uh, when they were trying to negotiate the deal for that movie, he goes, "Okay, but you just need to give me some space travel equipment." <laughs> I get to keep this after the movie. I get to keep this rocket. Well, they've said, they have said that probably what the most likely uh, 
scenario of finding life in space is going to be aquatic life in yeah, right. in one of uh, Jupiter's moons, probably Titan, which is like an o- ocean water based moon, but that's covered in ice. So we need to develop a spaceship that cracks that ice, goes in, and we're probably the first alien we're probably going to see is going to be like a very ocean like sea creature, and it's not going to be that exciting. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, and that's what real science is saying. And that's our kind of, like, if we recognize alien life, when we see alien life, it might not be life as we know it. Probably will be like a way. creature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something true. that if it was just like in Australia, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's an earth yeah. creature. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's like a platypus or a kangaroo or something. Yeah, it's not going to be a fully intelligent, unless they come to us. I think the only way that we're going to meet a fully intelligent creature right. from another planet is they've come is here if on they, purpose. If they've been watching us, they right. want to come here on purpose. I don't think... I don't know if we're going to be able to just stumble. That can't end well for us, can it? Like, if we ever have an if alien... they've been watching us for yeah. years and come, we're can't. done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Our best hope is if we stumble in... But I think, you know, that first group of astronauts, like that movie depicted, like when we do go to Titan, the movie The Europa Project... Uh, Europa, that's the place. The moon of Europa. And the, it's just a giant, like, squid ski, sea creature and kills the whole crew. That probably most likely will be the scenario of how we see an alien. You'll see it like on a screen for a second, and I'm like, and then like all the astronauts die. <laughs> I was like, there's an alien, and it looks like a squid. I don't think it's just gonna be like going into a room, it's like, hey, we're the aliens. <laughs> Have a seat. You're the Australian contingent, Miss Blanchett. Who did you say? You, <laughs> Mr. Jackman. Jackman. Hello, we're the aliens. Uh, did you hear they can't make the new Wolverine film? Hugh, ja- <laughs> yeah. Hugh Jackman was enveloped by an alien squid. <laughs> yeah. So it is going to be like, so we're not going to want to send our two Best. brightest we'll minds send, to the first We'll send a trip. couple we can afford to lose first. I'm, I'm, a lot of promises on these like other Earths when they talk about like the Kepler satellite thing and they're talking about other Earths. Uh-huh. That's, those are the people that are probably working on, they're probably already watching us i just always assume that we're dumber than whatever we're gonna find first like like all of our kepler technology to see them they've been watching us that same way for like ever mm. like other plant you think so or we you you think we're the race that's the first to see to watch other planets i don't think so i assume there's more intelligence out there well I, it just it, it it depends on what that how that intelligence manifests itself. Because you could argue there's things on Earth that are much more intelligent, like you know, in the way they're constructed, or you know, the way that the complexities of you know their life and what they can do that live on this planet under the oceans, those sort of things already yeah. than us. Just in the way that we've evolved, we've evolved to be this like we're explorers. That's what we've always been, human beings. You know, we're explorers. That's what you know spread human beings all over the planet and has taken us off the planet. We have this urge inside us to to explore. So I think that who knows what other like intelligences or other alien species or whatever, whether that was something that was necessarily manifest in who they were, you know, and how they developed. Oh, so you think we might stumble upon like a lazy planet where right. they're like, what are, you, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like a Why are you here? Like, we're explorers. Yeah. Fuck off. We're full. We fuck we're off. just here. We're, like, we're just, we're fine. Did thank you have you. your own planet? No, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> where did you come? How did you get George Clooney just shows up like I'm George Clooney, a famous actor from Earth, and like, could you show yourself we're out? Just, Why are you? Why did you do any of this? Did you read that theory? <laughs> You're an actor. Why are you here? It took us centuries to develop this technology. Aren't you impressed? But no, we kind of want you to. Fine, man. What is your? Di- I'm busy. Did you read? I just did read. You a come theory. back in a couple of years. Come back. Maybe we'll care. But I read this theory that um, 
our reality is actually a NASA scientist has come forward. I'm going to try to pull up this story. Okay. A NASA scientist has come forward and said that, hey, you know what I think? I think our reality is actually a hologram uh, supercomputer uh, false reality developed by a far intelligent to us alien race and everything we know to be as Earth is a computer program. What do you think about that? Uh, those... <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about that one? Firstly, I think that guy would really enjoy the TV show Person of Interest. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I dig those sort of. Thought, I love them. I dig those. I dig those oh. thought bubbles. Yeah, like I dig. I've had experiences in my life, you know, psychedelic experience, those sort of things, where my perception of the reality that we think we exist in, at least in the moment that I was in that experience, did not feel to be true. It felt like, you know, we were part of some bigger consciousness or something else was going on and this was just like a, you know, like a program, a manifestation. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I read that Sam Harris book about free will and he um, argues that point that, like, do we really have free will? Because you talk about, you know, the the people that... The, the, that everything that happens in your life forms you into making certain decisions and yeah. doing certain things. So that's the argument of this is like, that's all pre-programmed. So everything we know, cause there are like phenomena, like, uh, like you will have, like, like you felt like you've done this before. You felt like maybe you've dreamed this happening to you before people. Said well, even like that, that idea of them, like at the moment, you could imagine if we were in an experiment, yeah. they'd be like, now we're like, well, let's, ratchet up the anger level and let's ratchet up the violence and mistrust and see how that affects the program do you know what i mean or whatever the simulation or whatever that is like i mean i think those are great thought bubbles to explore (laughs) it's like the idea of quantum physics or alternate universes oh yeah yeah you know but you can always there's like you can reach uh, enough to where where those arguments are just ridiculous like who i mean then who created if a super intelligence and created us, then then who created them? We're just right back to like Oh yeah. I, creationism. Oh well there's <laughs> who invented the supercomputer people. I think that we spend a lot I mean, I think that it's nice that we explore these ideas. But <laughs> I think that it's ridiculous that anyone thinks that they A know the answer and that yeah. B the thing that I think we have to resign ourselves to human beings, and I think it would help us go forward. Here it is. Is that if we just resigned ourselves to the fact that it's natural to search for the answers to these questions but we will never in our lifetimes of the people who are alive on this isn't planet isn't that the worst though I we will that. probably never find out and maybe no one will ever find out but we will certainly probably not in our lifetimes evolve to the point that we understand fully what it is that we are doing and what we are part of not right unless, unless george clooney has something to say about it so let's <laughs> So let's just try to move forward. Let's stop pretending that you know and you know and you know and you know and actually recognize that the thing that powers all those things is there's something in, inside us that says, why are we here? We want to know in some sort of way. And yeah. that's fine. And now let's try to find some answers and, and move forward. But what do you think? I, but eventually, but then we always have that nagging thought of like, eventually something's going to come around where we know everything, right? Well, what generation gets, gets to see that? Why can't it be ours? I mean, it's well. I mean, that's I, always the question of like, why can't we be the ones that like see the aliens? Yeah, but you know how far away like that like is. It's it's not in our lifetime. I can't imagine it's in our lifetime that we, you know. I, I just look at the point we are in our sort of evolution and capacity with technology. Although it does grow, you know, extremely quickly. I just think we'll destroy ourselves before we get to. That's that point. my worry. Is we're just gonna <laughs> destroy ourselves completely and never know. And then, like, future races on this planet be like, they just never figured it out. 
I mean, because that's already happened, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> to right? a lot of civilizations, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. They didn't know that they were dying out at the time, I imagine, right? They thought they were going to figure it out. Right. Like uh, uh, Rome, the Romans thought yeah. that they had everything figured out. And then they just died. And then they were gone. Right. That's probably going to happen to us. Yeah. That's a nice note. <laughs> Damn it. No, I kind of, I find that empowering because <laughs> it means that we can be open to all possibilities and we can explore these things. But the thing at the end of... But it does also open us up to just not taking things so seriously. <laughs> Maybe we should just like live our lives with this idea of like, we're just not going to know, we're not going to figure anything out. We're just like kind of going along with what we got. We're here. So just like have a good time. I mean, I think there, there is certainly an element of that where you're just like, well, this is how this experience seems to me. How could I make this more pleasant? I mean, you know, if you died tomorrow in an accident, how would you have liked to have spent your week before you died? You know, I think sometimes that's just Podcasting. important. Podcasting. <laughs> Pretty much this. In an oven, weirdly enough. That is how I'm going <laughs> to... That is how I'm going to spend my last week right. on Earth, probably. Doing a Three podcast. or four podcasts. <laughs> That's really good, though, because that'll be great for those podcasts. Oh, right? Do you know what I mean? Like when, yeah. That's I mean, you I, want to have the last one, right? I had that thought about my album. When my album came out, I was like, man, it'd be great if I like, like, like died next week, and then this album would do wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I had Greg, <laughs> like horrible thought. I had Greg like, Barron on man, my... Can you imagine how well this would do? <laughs> like, I mean, I, that's an interesting thought, though, even that thought bubble that you're having there, which is that thing where we... Um, you wish yourself success in your absentia. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right. you have you're dead in this, so you don't give. But a nothing shit does better for well like, yeah, like a film or something like that right. than, but, than your death. But you don't know because you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the truth of it is, if you were going to die tomorrow, you wouldn't give a shit how your album went. You just give a shit whether it was something that you were proud of and you made the thing that you really wanted to make. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting topic of conversation, but probably not full of hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we should wind it up anyway. Cause but it's anyway, we're living afternoon. in a hologram designed by aliens. Right. So just know that. Well, we could be that, though. But, but then you look They're at, saying, like, everything you look at is part of the computer program, and you're just supposed to see what you're just supposed to see. That's what this article said. It, so anything you see... So I, I, I have a hard time with that argument because... Now we have like news and it's reported on what other people are saying all the time. Right. We're seeing what everyone's saying at one time. So how is this computer program keeping up with our advancements of figuring out the computer program? Right. Well, our understanding of what like a computer program would be in this hypothetical scenario too yeah. is not what their understandings of computer program would be. But Right. Uh, so that's what we but always I say now of like, well, we, well, it's not what we think it is yeah. now. It's a, a superior intelligence. You can't, you're not going to get it. And that's and but that's the religion thing as well. That's why it always comes back to this idea of oh no no they've got that sorted. And I kind of I get that as a, as as a falling back point of view. But here's what I would say about the the computer thing or the fact that we're running or even the religion thing is there's too many bad things that happen in the world. Right. That if it is a god who is in control of this or if it's a computer program that's in control of this, then I don't like either of them. Right. Because I don't know why you're doing so many unnecessarily yeah. nasty and terrible things. Who's the things. asshole that designed cancer right. to be part yeah. of our supercomputer? Like, do you mean? Like, if there is one yeah. person in charge or one computer or whatever in charge, then you know what? That person is a really terrible person. <laughs> right, exactly. And I have no time for them. I have that thought all the time. Right. Like, man, if I meet God, I'm going to be like, why was war a thing? What's your problem? Right. Baby cancer. <laughs> what was that? Did you? Why did that? Why was why that, was that? What were you? 
He's mad one day and you're like, babies get cancer? That was a little, like, you could have not done that. Post-traumatic stress disorder? What the, what was that? You just yeah. wanted to destroy some veterans' lives? Yeah. Total schizophrenia where you don't even know what you're doing right. ever? That's part of it? Yeah. <laughs> you're an asshole. You're a terrible person. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. Uh, Andy Peters, where can people find you uh, on the internet? And, uh, you know, where can they buy your album and all those sort of things? AndyPetersComedy.com. Uh, at Andy underscore Peters is my Twitter. You can get my album, exclamation mark, question point, at AST Records or on iTunes. And it's uh, you can watch the film now. Steve Feinert's filmed it, and that's on Hulu. Uh that you can watch that performance. It was a one night only show I did at the Virgil theater and it's an album and a special and you can boop it and scoop it. You can get it on iTunes uh, too. Did I say that digitally? Okay. We'll just say it again. If you didn't <laughs> say. Uh, I uh, gigs, anything like that. You got uh, shows coming up, anything that people can come and see. Yeah. Well, I'm doing well, uh, next weekend I'm doing a bunch of stuff at the special Olympic world games, oh. which would be cool. If, wow. uh, I'm doing all the announcing of the soccer events, like co-announcing with people of, at the UCLA venue. Uh-huh. So if you guys are in town, if anybody is in town for the special world, uh, Olympic world games, just go to that. All the that'll, soccer events. That'll are, be fun. That'll be a really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna to do go like. To. Yeah, I'm gonna do like announcing and man on the street stuff and like. Oh, awesome! I do a lot with Special Olympics. It's and this is like Where did it's that, the so Olympics within the Special Olympics. This did is you like not uh, think to bring that up when you were having man? Surely that. <laughs> Don't you think that now, like now you're finally bringing it up? You had this platform yeah. as other man to. You know. But once I become other man, I'll no. forget about all like the positive charities. Right. <laughs> like a better. Like people, Special Olympics will be like, not like your oven man. Yeah. Do you want to be like the face of the world games? No, rather not. $20,000. <laughs> I'm going to have to charge you. That was old Andy Peters. Now and I'm, I want the park near the venue. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm headlining Flappers in Claremont, California. Okay, cool. Uh, first week of August. And then, oh, I just found out, uh, this is a little ways off, but I'm going to be at Hell Yes Fest in uh, the first week of October. October in New Orleans, which is like a really awesome comedy festival. And this will be my first stand-up in New Orleans, so there you go. Come, uh, come and see it. I will be doing uh, my – oh, well, I'm doing set list tonight, but you won't hear that uh, in time. I am doing uh, Free Will at Nerd Melt tomorrow night, uh, 7 o'clock uh, – the reserve tickets are completely gone, but they say basically if you just line up on the night, they jam everybody in. So if you oh, want yeah. to come along, uh, it is free to come and see that show. So that's Saturday night. Then uh, next week I'll be at Comedy on State, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, then after that I'm in Toronto uh, doing some shows as part of Just for Laughs and then uh, Montreal uh, the 25th, July the 25th, Saturday, July the 25th. Come and see my Free Will show in Montreal. That's going to be uh, really great fun. So uh, after that I'm doing Free Will in Sydney. That's uh, only two shows at the end more in this selling out really quick so if you want to come to those come and see those and uh perth uh october the 10th over that weekend with all with justin hamilton all right guys uh thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this uh three-parter i don't know bundle I bundled might, package of fun yeah i think i might put it out as like i think it's like episode 209 or 210 or something like that i might put it out as episode 210 part one part two and part three man you know i think epic. maybe that's like an epic three-parter yeah i think i like I maybe don't. we should do like a previously on 
Previously on part two Previously on. of the bundle fun package. And then you just say something like uh, Spunky Rock. No, what was it? Sparky Rocky Roads. Sparky Rocky, Rocky Roads. Not, sp- <laughs> not Spunky Rocky Roads. Spunky Rocky Road. That's a completely different one. Uh, all right. Uh, Andy, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you again soon.